Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Let's Talk Chapel podcast. I'm Jackie, and joining me is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Jackie. How are you doing? What's up? I'm good. Um, I have a giant welt on my forehead because I I was, we were at a, um, like a services, like a roadside services uh, yesterday or day before. It all blends into one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was putting some trash in the bin and did not notice that the bin was right next to a road sign. And I just smacked my head into the road sign so hard. Oh no, you have to be careful with head injuries. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that hard. It was mostly just that I was in the middle of a parking lot. You know, it was like, oh yeah, I can't just do this quietly in a dark (laughs) alley. I have to do it where there's like 50 people around. I have a whole similar story. This happened to me years ago, but basically the gist of it is I was Boxing Day shopping at Old Navy at West Edmonton Mall, the biggest mall in the world. And there was hundreds of people there. And I ran so hard into like a sheet of clear glass. I thought it was the exit. I hit it so hard. Everybody just stopped and looked at me and I was alone actually, which made it even worse. Cause like if I was with a friend or my mom or something, we, my mom would have been like, or whoever would have been like, are you okay? Right. I would have laughed about it, but I was just by myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's that, that's my classic. Whenever, you know, the ESL textbooks have like most embarrassing moment. That's the story I always tell. And my students can't get enough. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. All right. So anyway, today we are talking about how to teach ESL listening. So we'll start off with just a few general thoughts about it. And then we'll get into some um, activities or games that you could use with your students. So uh, first of all, teaching listening is sometimes difficult, maybe even more difficult than like speaking or reading or writing. Um, Why do you think that is, Jennifer? I think listening is difficult for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's easier if you've got more visual cues. So um, for example, if someone is listening to an audio file or a phone conversation or whatever, that is more difficult than uh, face-to-face. And all of that is more difficult than reading because reading, you can go at your own pace, but listening, the pace is set by the speaker or you know the audio file, whatever. Um, so I think that's two, two things that make it difficult. The, the learner cannot set the pace and also they may not have visual cues. Yeah, my one comment kind of related to that is it happens in real time. Yes. Um, it's it's like you can't really slow down the listening passages. You can, but then it starts to sound garbled and kind of distorted. So it's like students just have to do it in real time. But that's like real life, too. If they're talking to anybody on the phone or at a store or just whoever they're talking to, it happens in real time. And you have to like, it's even more difficult in real life, actually, because you have to listen and then also formulate your response, um, your speaking response in real time. So, um, yeah, it's not that easy for our students, I think, or anyone learning another language um, to work on their listening skills. However, it's super important and um, yeah, vital, vital that we do that in class. Um, so just kind of the second comment that I have on that is that it's a nice change of pace from kind of the usual speaking activities. So 
not everybody in our classes is introverted. <laughs> I myself am not an introverted person. So an entire class filled with like very cheery, kind of happy speaking, interactive activities is pretty exhausting for at least, you know, a good number of the students in our classes. And so I find that kind of the quieter, more introverted students, they really appreciate um, some listening activities. And it's a nice way if your class is kind of like running around and all like hyper, too much energy, just put on a listening activity. It just kind of brings everyone back to like a more calm, kind of quiet, peaceful, peaceful place. And um, yeah, so it can be useful for that as well. Yes. Yeah. And it's right, so, just, it's okay. always just good to, to have something that's a little bit different and you, you can do different things with listening. Uh, so yeah, you get a, a chance to do something fairly different from the norm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about how to plan an ESL listening lesson. So there are a number of steps and I am basing this quite loosely on my um, training that I received during the CELTA and the Delta course. So I just want to kind of have that disclaimer that there are different ways to plan um, an ESL listening lesson, but that's kind of the framework um, that I'm using or, or that I'm thinking about now. So uh, basically step one in any lesson that you would do, no matter what skill would be to set the context. So yes. generally in my classes, I would get students to talk about um, something loosely related to, to the listening passage with their partner for a minute or two, but there's other ways to set the context. Um, what are some of the ways that you do it, Jennifer? It, it depends on what the topic is. If it's something like, for example, uh, if I were teaching uh, like some sort of health or body parts or something like that these days, I might set the context with some uh, real life news like related to, to COVID or something. Um, you know, something that you can relate it to either their real life or their interests or something at least that they are familiar with. So it sort of gives them something to hold on to rather than here's just a bunch of words I'm going to throw at you. Do your best. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It should relate to their own experience or their own knowledge in, in some way um, that they have. All right. So the second thing you can do is to pre-teach some grammar or vocabulary. This one is optional. Um, it depends on kind of the situation. Um, sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not. Um, I will generally not do it actually, um, unless it's like there's a very important word in that listening passage that's key to the understanding of it that I think that the students probably don't know or if there's a key grammatical construction that's key to like understanding what the passage means, but I think that some of the students might not be familiar with it, then in those situations, I'll pre-teach, I'll pre-teach that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can sometimes, depending on what you're teaching, you can kind of tie that in with the setting the context, you know, mm -hmm. at the very least you can see maybe what vocabulary they come up with on their own and, um, you should have a fair idea of what grammar they might need some help with for the lesson based on previous lessons with them. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Okay, and then the next step is to set a simple task. So this is not the stage to get into detailed comprehension kind of questions. Um, this is the stage where 
students maybe have like two or three simple true or false questions or um, something very simple, um, like maybe a multiple choice question, but that's very easy, that <laughs> has kind of obvious answers, um, something like that. Um, so the goal is just kind of like overall understanding of the passage. It's not to get into the very specific details. Yeah, it's kind of giving them a quick win. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. exactly. Ease, ease them in with a good feeling about how the rest <laughs> of it's going to go. Yes, exactly. And then um, play the listening passage. And then I teach adults, so I'm not sure you would do this with children necessarily, but I get students to compare their answers with a partner. And in like 30 seconds, this isn't the time for them to discuss in depth <laughs> about what they've heard or the answers. So I give them about 30 seconds to compare answers. And then we quickly check answers together as a class. And I emphasize quickly. So this isn't where I go into like reasons and details and more kind of things that will come in the second um, time listening. So just yeah, give them 30 seconds to check answers and then 30 seconds or so to check answers together as a class. So do you have students compare answers when you're teaching children? Uh, sometimes it, de it depends on the activity and also sometimes it depends on the students. Like some of the students um, are very chatty and uh, in that case I may hold off on it because it can be difficult to reel them back in you know zip it again and let's listen some more yes exactly exactly and then the next step is to set a more difficult listening task so this is where you get into like more detailed kind of comprehension questions um, that need specific answers and kind of focus on like the finer details of the listening passage. Um, and then you can play the listening and then kind of repeat the process. So play it again the second time and then have students compare answers and then give them a little bit more time for this because it might require some discussion and then compare answers as a class. And don't be afraid to go into more details if students are like most of the students kind of 50% think one answer is right, 50% think the other answer is right, you can even just play a little snippet of the passage again to show students um, where that answer was in the listening passage, um, something like that. So um, any thoughts about the second listening and detailed? Yeah, detailed um, sometimes I would either show the transcript after, you know, after checking the answers or while checking the answers or uh, read it aloud myself, because sometimes that makes a big difference to the students uh, because they're used to their teacher's accent and uh, also the speaking speed is likely to be slower and more enunciated than in the actual listening task. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just comment, though, that, that that's not always necessary if students, um, like if the vast majority of the students in the class seem to kind of grasp the main ideas and, and the, they're able to answer the comprehension questions um, easily enough, then yeah. not always necessary. But it's if there's confusion and disagreement and um, that kind of thing, yeah, then definitely that can be a helpful, helpful thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Um always keep in mind your actual student's level and be ready to kind of adjust things on the fly. So you may think going in 
that they're definitely not going to have too much trouble with something, but then you may need to slow down and, you know, do a live reading or listen to the little couple of seconds snippet a few times, or you may think that they're going to have trouble, but then they all just breeze through it. So you can cut out extraneous torture of, (laughs) and now I'm going to read this to you very slowly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely see how your students do and what happens. And if there's like 20 students in the class, if one person or two people don't understand it, then I usually will just, you know, not worry too much about them for the very, very lowest. Or if only one or two students understand it, they're the best students in the class and they'll understand anything. So I don't worry too much about them. But it's like the vast majority, the kind of middle middle ground. Um, people kind of see see where they're at and how they're doing um, with it. Yes, the, the sad reality of teaching uh, a large number of students at once is that you, you do sort of have to teach to the middle. Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Okay, so just a comment about um, how many times to play a listening passage. So... There is some disagreement about this. Um, Some people think three or four times or even five times um, is fine. However, when I took the CELTA course, that was kind of a common question that people had. And we actually talked about it in quite a bit of detail. And my tutor said that basically um, twice is the ideal number. Once for kind of overall... um, overall like gist of it and then the second time for the more detailed um, kind of finer comprehension questions and he said that if students can understand everything in one time it's too easy however if you have to play it three or four or five times the reading or the listening passage is actually too difficult for their level and you should choose something easier so I've always just kind of kept that as like a general Um, guideline when choosing a listening passage for my students I think like okay if they can get it in two times or twice then um, I have a a rule of thumb I guess for like an appropriate level for the students. Yeah I think this is when it's useful to sort of think about yourself and your own language learning efforts and how your frame of mind would be if you were sitting in a class and the teacher was like, okay, let's listen for the seventh time. Pencils up. (laughs) I already (laughs) feel annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even done it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you, if it's above your level, you're not, you're not going to get it no matter if you listen like five times or 10 times or 15 times, it's not necessarily going to really help you. So yeah, definitely don't think that you have to choose like things that are very, very difficult um, for your students. Yeah. I think twice, maybe maximum three times. If you play it that amount of time, then most of the students will kind of get the general, general gist of it. So Um, Is that all for how to plan an ESL listening lesson, Jennifer? Do you have any more thoughts? I think so. I think the only thing that I would add is um, when I've been assigned to teach a text that was too difficult for the students, I would judiciously edit the listening activities. (laughs) Um, Either I would... Uh, shorten what they were meant to listen to, or I would uh, reduce the 
response activity to make it something easier where they're just, you know, listening for the main ideas or listening for, you know, what kind of fruit is the person talking about or, you know, something like that. Um, And then I would be much more likely to read the dialogue myself or the passage myself rather than uh, the the audio, because that would make it a bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also just kind of the opposite of that. If you think it's too easy, um, don't skip it. It's what I used to do, actually. But then I realized, okay, like even things that are a little bit maybe below a student's level, it can still have value, especially for the lower level students in the class. And it can help build confidence if students are able to listen to something in English and just think, oh, that was easy. I understood everything. Um, don't underestimate the value of that. However, don't slave away at it for (laughs) 20 or 30 minutes in class. Just kind of breeze through it and you do it. Don't skip it. But it's, um, yeah, just don't, don't belabor (laughs) it endlessly for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, So then after kind of completing that lesson, um, if you still have time in class, which in most cases you would, um, depending on the listening passage, that the above would take like say 15 or 20 minutes, 10, probably 10 to 20 minutes, I would say. And then there's time for um, something else. So a related kind of game or activity, a discussion, um, something like that. So we have a few more ideas for you about what you could do. Um, to finish out kind of the rest of your listening lesson. So Jennifer, you have uh, the first idea for us. Um, Yes, Uh, obviously I think something that everyone would think of first, a close activity. And you can do that uh, in a few ways. You can do the usual fill in the blank. So um, if it's a dialogue, for example, you can take out some keywords or even, you know, larger chunks of language and the students write it in. Uh, if they're a little bit lower level, you can make it a multiple choice activity. So they're given, you know, maybe simple past or, um, you know, simple present or whatever, and they have to circle which one they heard. Or you could even do a version where you have written it out like a dialogue, but you have changed occasional words some of the target language. So for example, if it's at a restaurant, you might change the item that the person ordered to eat. And the students would have to find that. And at the lower level, just cross it out as being the thing that's wrong. And then a slightly more difficult version would be to uh, change it to the correct answer, what they actually heard. All right, so one of my favorite um, ESL listening activities, and I might do this at the end of like that lesson that I described, or I would just use it um, as kind of a review activity or even like a simple warm-up activity, is that I will find, or I'll often write um, a passage of just someone talking about something. Um, It depends on the context of the lesson, but it could be something like someone talking about a Christmas memory if you're doing like a Christmas lesson or someone talking about like a high school memory if you're doing the simple past. Um, And this is actually a nice opportunity to throw in some vocabulary review um, if you write it in that kind of way or some grammar review um, from previous lessons or even from that lesson itself. So find or write the passage and then put students into pairs 
and then get, they will need um, a paper and a pencil to take notes. So read out the passage, but read it out at a faster than normal pace. So kind of uncomfortably fast um, for the level of students in your class. They take notes and then they can pair with their partner what they have and they kind of attempt to recreate what they heard. Um, they won't get everything. And so then read it out a second time. And depending on how students did, you could read it out at the same pace or you could slow it down a little bit. If students actually really got nothing, almost <laughs> nothing from that first time, then definitely slow it down. But if they did like a reasonable job at um, getting it. So I just kind of like walk around and eavesdrop on people and see, see how they're doing um, after that first time. So read it out again. And then students do the same thing, take notes and then compare with their partner. And then they um, again, try to recreate what they heard. So they could do this just by like speaking, or they could do it by like writing. It doesn't matter um, which option you want. And then they compare what they have with the original version. And do you have them work with the same partner throughout, or would you have them change partners? Um, it's optional. Um, it depends. I usually just do with the same partners, um, throughout, but yeah, that's actually an interesting idea to get them to change partners for the second, second round, because then it's combining like four people's um, yeah. input instead of two people's. So yeah, definitely that's possible to do that. All right. right. Jennifer, what's your, what's your next one? Um, my next activity is something for basically beginner level students. Um, the most basic would be like find the item. So things that you have in the classroom, or if you have some flashcards laid out and either just say the word like, you know, find the clock, you know, where's the whiteboard, you know, those kind of things. Uh, if they're really low level, if they're a little bit higher and you've got flashcards that are in front of them, you could you know, make a sentence and they have to pick the, the flashcard that that goes with. And a higher level version of that would be to have a few pictures laid out. And this works better either if it's like small groups and every group has the same group of pictures to look at, or if you have a few different pictures uh, on your overhead monitor for the class, uh, tell uh, like a very short story and have the students pick the picture that matches the story that you're telling. Yeah, I like those for lower level um, students. Those are nice ways to build some confidence. Um, it's not too difficult for them and they should be able to, to figure it out. Yeah, quite easily. So, um, so the next one that I have is um, extensive listening. So this is something that doesn't necessarily happen inside class, but students often ask me, how can I improve my English? And the answer that I'll often give them is extensive listening and extensive reading. So if you're interested in kind of the more academic scholarly reasons for why, check out Paul Nation. Um, he's kind of the guru of all things extensive listening. But basically students um, find things that are just at a slightly lower level than they are, and they just listen to large quantities of things. And his kind of theory is that it's the way we learn how to speak a language, our first language when we're a baby. We listen, 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 and then eventually we start speaking. Um, and same with like reading. We read, 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 and then eventually we start writing. So um, yeah, definitely recommend that to your students if they're interested in, in how to improve their English and specifically their listening and their speaking skills. Yes. All right. So next one, Jen, you have take a message. Take a message. It's Basically, like one student 
pretends to make a phone call and the other person uh, receives the phone call, but they are not the intended recipient. So they have to take a message and the person will tell them something and they have to write it down. So this would be, uh, you know, something fairly simple, you know, but you can tie it to their real life, especially if they are adults or if it's an ESL class rather than EFL. And they may actually have to take a message in English at some point in their day-to-day life. Sorry, everyone. My cat is in the background. She thinks I'm talking to her right now. So she's talking (laughs) to me being so loud. That's Lucy. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, that's great. I like that one for sure. But here is one for kids. Um, Simon says it's it's a classic. And um, how do, how do you use it in your class, Jen? Um, I use it when I want the students to get some wiggles out and also do some very uh, easy, low stress listening. Uh, for anyone who is not familiar with Simon says, it is a very simple children's game. You have all of the students stand up. And if you say Simon says before giving a simple command, the students should all do it. If you don't say Simon says, if you just do it, or if you want to be tricky and say like, you know, Jennifer says, you know, then in that case, they should stand still. And anyone who does not stand still has to sit down and they're out. And it's a last man standing game. So if you are learning action verbs, that's a really good one. Um, If you're learning, you know, different like classroom things, even, you know, point to the right, point to the left, and that's teaching them, you know, their left and right and raise your hand and put down your hand. But you can also do, you know, jump or, you know, run in place, but you would need to probably teach them what run in place means rather than run. (laughs) (laughs) but but that was always uh that's always a really good one when the weather is bad outside and the students haven't had a chance to go outside and play all day Mm, yes exactly and it's nice if there's like a gym at your school too that's free and for use just to go to the gym and yeah students can like do some English but then also run around a little bit and um, yeah do something do something fun in class all right so let's talk about websites. So the first one is Breaking News English. Um, If you haven't checked out, I'm sure you know already. I'm sure, I hope, I hope everybody knows about Breaking News English. We talk about it enough, but it's so good. Gold. It's so good. I mean, I like basically almost all of my lessons that I design that aren't based on like a lesson in the textbook that I'm required to teach come from Breaking News English. Um, there's different levels, there's reading passages, they also are listening things, um, there's like comprehension questions, and like a ton more stuff, and generally I love the kind of the two-page mini lessons, um, the longer 10 or 12-page lessons are kind of a lot, um, and kind of like beat a dead horse a little bit, it's like, it's just a lot, <laughs> it's kind of too much, but the two-page mini lessons are kind of the, the perfect amount for that. And I kind of take that and adapt it and make it my own. And, but it's a really useful, like kind of framework or basis to plan your own lesson around, or you could even just print it off and take it to class if you're short on time and it will work well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And having so many different activities for the same passages gives you a lot of flexibility. 
Uh, especially if your students are like, oh, not the same activity again. You can be like, oh, well, in that case, I've got 18 <laughs> other different things we could do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So pick and choose. I, I don't recommend doing all of the activities no. for the reading passage, for the listening <laughs> passage. It's a lot. But yeah, so it's a nice way to like add some variety into your lessons for sure. And they have lots of good ideas there. All right, Jennifer, what's your go-to um, website? Well, breaking news English, obviously, but a second one is Randall's Listening Lab, which is esl-lab.com. And that is um, just sort of man on the street, kind of very brief interviews. And they're not all native speakers. It's just all sorts of people and all sorts of topics, but uh, short little clips of like real English being used by real people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never used that one. I'll have to check it out. I like that idea of just like little interviews, um, be like a nice warm up for a bunch of different topics and stuff like yeah. that, I think. All right. So you also mentioned Busy Teacher. Um, I've never used Busy Teacher. So um, what's that one? All about? Uh, Busy Teacher is a free website that has a massive collection of activities. They're, they're mostly all worksheets, but um, I don't know. I looked up uh, just for this, for the website link for listening worksheets, and they had something like 20,000. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> but they are all uh, divided up by level, and uh, you can fine tune it with a few different um, categories of, of, you know, like what you're trying to teach with the listening. Mm. So uh, it does give you quite a bit of things, even if it's nothing you want to use yourself, it, it could spark your creativity and think, oh, I like that activity, just not the specific content of this worksheet. But yeah, exactly. I would yeah. just comment that like these sites that you can take listening passages or listening lessons from. Um, I would often use the listening passage itself and then maybe the comprehension questions and maybe even some discussion questions, but I would put it within that framework that we mentioned above. Not all of these worksheets um, really have a framework. Some of them are just kind of yeah. put together randomly and it, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense sometimes. So use your discretion about like, is there an easy listening task and then a listening and then a more difficult listening task and then like a follow-up? And is there like, uh, is there a way to set the context at the beginning? that kind of thing. So look at them through that lens and you'll be better served and your students will be better served for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that if you're using listening worksheets that you've gotten from online, I think the, the best way to use them is to take the idea and then put your own specific content that goes with your passage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it can be annoying and time consuming to like say um record a conversation between two people like <laughs> I don't know you have to find a friend or another teacher and then upload it somehow so that's actually the most annoying part about teaching a listening lesson so that's what I will 100% steal or not steal but borrow from other other people who've already done that hard work and then um I'll often do my own thing for the rest yeah Although these, I mean, it gets easier and easier every year. You know, yes. you can just use your phone, mm -hmm. or whatever. 
That's true. <laughs> That's true. You're not <laughs> lazy like me. <laughs> I have a podcast, but I can't manage to record a simple <laughs> conversation for my students. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> There's so many good things out there that it doesn't matter. So, yeah. All right. So, Jennifer, any other final thoughts on um, teaching ESL listening? Just be gentle. I think it, I think um, students are probably more visibly stressed out by speaking, but, mm. but listening, I think, is probably actually more difficult for them so give them the easy win when you can mm-hmm. yes exactly yeah don't always do things that are super difficult <laughs> do the easy things too and then they can just you know feel like oh I actually can understand something some listening exercise so yeah definitely I like that comment all right so if you want um, some more ESL listening activities definitely check out a couple books on Amazon. So ESL listening activities for teenagers and adults, and then 49 ESL listening activities for kids. And we'll put the links down in the notes. Um, All right. So I think that's everything. Um, If you like, oh, Jennifer, where can people find you online? (laughs) I forgot about that. Almost forgot. (laughs) That's fine. Um, On YouTube, uh, Teach, Travel, Learn. And I think my New Year's resolution might be to update my website. (laughs) and where can people find you jackie uh if you want to find all the uh, podcast episodes and information it's at eslactivity.org slash podcast and then also have a look around that website and you can see all the links to like my youtube tiktok instagram and there's a whole bunch of esl activities and there's even if you look on the top menu bar there's a category listening so those are listening focused um ideas and activities and lesson plans and things like that so yeah have a look there eselectivity.org all right thanks for listening everyone catch you next time bye bye.